right now, Bernard Keane of Crikey.com, where he is politics editor. Good morning, Bernard. Good morning, Catherine. Your Prime Minister is doing some important handshakes and more at the moment, first in Washington, D.C., and then in Beijing. Yes, a real one-two punch, uh, probably um, summing up Australia's uh, core foreign policy position at the moment, which is deepening, extending, you know, really entrenching the military alliance with the United States and, and the Biden administration and um, uh, stabilising and restoring some sort of balance to the relationship with China. The relationship with China, of course, has been in really been in deep trouble now for several years, was under Scott Morrison. It's been the, the goal of Anthony Albanese and, and his foreign minister, Penny Wong, to step by step, slowly build, rebuild some sort of relationship with China. And the, the Chinese, I think, have been, have seen the election of Anthony Albanese last year as the opportunity for something of a reset. I think they recognise that that their approach to Australia was being pretty counterproductive as well, that sort of very sort of aggressive approach. So step by step, there's been a, a warming of the relationship. No way is it back to where it used to be. Um, and the general sort of view of of people in China, I was in China a couple myself a couple of weeks ago, and, and policymakers here is that we're not going to get back to how things used to be. Um, certainly not back to where things were when Tony Abbott was Prime Minister, when we we were really, <coughs> excuse me, cozying up to China and, and uh, you know, looking at things like extradition treaties, but not even probably back to where things were under Malcolm Turnbull uh, a few years later, but nonetheless, a substantial warming. And it, it's, I think it's, it's a very, it's a very uh, symbolic sort of transition that Anthony Albanese will go from meeting Joe Biden in the White House Talking about things like AUKUS and the submarine deal, which of course is aimed uh, entirely at China, and then travelling to Beijing and meeting with uh, Xi Jinping, and uh, you know, doing some sort of formal reset of, of that relationship. So it's a pretty significant moment for uh, for for Australia and for the Albanese government, given obviously the US is our security guarantor, and you know, from a certain point of view, basically our imperial overlord. And China is the most important economy for Australia, um, absolutely central to our economy. Look, it is, and there's the geopolitics of this near region as well, and those things overlap. But also, it's been a relationship where there has been some chilling for quite some time, memorably some of the sanctions on your wine exports, etc., under the former government. And is there a sign that there is a deliberate warming on both sides, Bernard? Well, the, the process began really with uh, a willingness to meet at the ministerial level, which was sort of marked the first few months of the Albanese government. And then in, in, in recent times across this year, we have seen a willingness to lift those sort of trade sanctions that were, that were imposed on uh, Australian goods. There's, there's a rev- the Chinese are now reviewing their, their ban on Australian wine, um, which... Um, Honestly, it did not do a whole lot of damage to Australia's wine manufacturers. I mean, wine's a pretty fungible commodity. and Yes, but it was uh, arguably a message <laughs> that if it wanted to, it could do harm oh, to your it was, ab- export absolutely. economy. It, it, was a, it was a big signal. I mean, if, if you, the, 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 the big message was, was, strangely enough, lobsters. I mean, Australian lobsters 
that we only have a market. We only have China as our market for our lobsters, and the, the Chinese basically said, said no more lobsters. So it was it completely smashed the Australian uh, lobster industry. But yeah, across the rest of our products, even if the economic impact was 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 relatively muted, and we found alternative markets, it was a symbol of China's willingness to to say you are you are on the back burner, and the lifting of those sanctions, uh, even if the, the the overall economic impacts are not going to be big. Uh, is quite significant. The release of Chung Lee, the uh, Australian journalist who was in prison for two and a half years for breaking an embargo, uh, was another step forward. Um, it's it's interesting. I've actually heard Australian uh, Chinese journalists and and uh, media people there talking about her case and saying, "Well, she really deserves to be locked up, even though she only broke an embargo. Breaking an embargo is a very, very serious offence in China." and it might have only been a couple of minutes, but uh, you know you don't break embargoes here in China. So there was no sense of them saying, "Oh, look, sorry, we locked up one of your journalists." It was more, well, as a you know, as a gesture of goodwill, um, she's now been released, and that's what that's what this really is. This is a compendium of gestures of goodwill as both sides come together. But look, there, there are still going to be these consistent underlying and fundamental tensions. Australia mm. is still signed up to the U.S. view of China as an aggressive military power that needs to be contained. And that's that's really at the centre of our military strategy at the moment. Now, Qantas, could it possibly manage another scandal? Oh, look, it has. What's the latest? So Qantas, people in New Zealand might have heard this, Qantas has been charged by our competition regulator with basically selling tickets to ghost flights. So if you went and bought a ticket for a flight on the Qantas site, Oftentimes you were buying a ticket for a flight that Qantas had already cancelled and had no intention of ever actually operating. Um, and it didn't actually tell you until much later, oftentimes only a couple of days out from your actual flight, so completely ruining your uh, travel plans. And, of course, hanging on to your money during that particular period. Now, um, this is the, the, the ACCC, the competition regulator, it's asking for what it says is hundreds of millions of dollars of penalties for this behaviour. So we're talking about a pretty major case of, of corporate misconduct. Now, Qantas, which has been beset by scandal after scandal after scandal, um, it it, it uh, lodged its defence to these charges on late on Friday afternoon, and it's been dominating the media here since then. Qantas's defence to these charges is it doesn't sell you a ticket to its flight, to its flights. It sells you what it says is, quote unquote, a bundle of rights, and it will kind of do its best to generally kind of meet the obligations that it says it's offered you, but it doesn't guarantee that it's it's going to get you on a plane. It doesn't even guarantee that it's going to make its best endeavours to get the flight that you booked on up in the air. So... It's so your average, saying, your average consumer would say that is a load of absolute bull and ox. <laughs> what does the law say? Well, see, this is this is where it's it's going to be quite interesting to see what the federal court decides. Where are, you, where are your consumer laws saying actually you have committed to doing this? We have a transaction, and actually, if you are not committed to doing this, then you have actually misled me with false advertising. Like, where, where's that kind of stuff? Well, that that's hopefully embedded in the law and the basic idea that if you buy a ticket for a flight, you bought a ticket for a flight. You didn't buy you didn't buy something that you needed a lawyer to vet, and you didn't need to bring your lawyer with you when you went to the airport to get on the plane to say, "Hey, where's my bundle of rights?" So, you know, that's that's what's going to be tested in this case. To, to me, it, it's to me, business. it's straight out false advertising. 
to book well, you <clears throat> to, to book you or to sell you a service or to sell you a product that you fundamentally know as you sell it you cannot deliver that that's and, <laughs> and it's it's backed up it's backed up by other things like uh, one of the issues is it didn't tell people that it cancelled their flights or sometimes for months after they book and it says oh we didn't tell people because we didn't want to frustrate and upset them um which to me is just absolute staggering arrogance. It also says that so what, what would happen is people would go onto the Qantas site to click on manage my booking, which is you know where you do things like you, you know you get your seat and you book your meal and all that sort of stuff. And it, people were doing this for cancelled flights that, that Qantas had, had long since cancelled. So it was sort of like stabbing the closed doors button on an elevator. When, <laughs> of course, you know, people know the, the button doesn't do anything. I mean, it's hey, just a minute fascinated. left. It's got it's got a new chief executive, and your government has been more than supportive of it of late with respect to competitors trying to make its way in. Is there any sense that the patience has run out with it? Well, the rhetorical patience has run out, but as you know, the policy substance, that's a different question. The big thing that's happened recently is the government's finally allowed the ACCC to go back to monitoring and vetting prices in, in the airline industry. So for all those quote-unquote bundles of rights that Qantas has been selling, the ACCC is actually going to be checking the prices now. But the, the government only decided to do this after Qantas reluctantly said, oh, okay, we don't have a problem with the ACCC actually doing this. So it's no, it's very much like the ACCC actually runs aviation policy here in Australia and, and as the yeah, Qantas, Qantas continues to run aviation policy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Bernard, thank you very much. Bernard Keane, political editor of Australia's Crikey website.